Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of Dublin Tech Talks. Um, as always, we're brought to you with the support of Icon Accounting. Um, Icon is a leading provider for all sorts of services for professional contractors on the island of, of Ireland. Uh, today I'm joined by Sandra Healy. Sandra is the founding director for the DCU Centre for Excellence in Diversity and Inclusion. She is also the CEO of Inclusio. Um, so Inclusio has been spun out from uh, DCU and essentially is a platform uh, developed by um, technologists and psychologists in DCU, which provides a behavioral science and psychology-based platform to allow organizations to adopt a more data-driven approach to their company culture. Um, so really keen to uh, talk to Sandra about this. Hi, Sandra. Thanks for joining us today. Um, so we've had a quick look at the Inclusio uh, product overview. Um, just by way of an introduction about yourself, do you want to tell us how you've ended up here with, with this product? Yeah, thanks, David. And, and I'm delighted uh, to have the opportunity to share our Inclusio journey today. So I suppose very briefly, um, I spent uh, 22 years in the tech industry working across the UK and Ireland. Uh, my background is technical engineering, and I've done everything from pre-sales consulting into senior leadership roles then in sales and customer delivery and customer experience in Vodafone. Um, in parallel to that, uh, I studied psychology and then I did a master's in organizational psychology. So that's kind of my connection to DCU. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been involved in diversity and inclusion uh, for probably about 13 years now. So initially I was involved in establishing the EU diversity charter in Ireland. Um, and I'm currently on the Citizens Assembly expert advisory group for, for gender equality. So how the idea came about is when I was in industry, um, you know, all all the work uh, I did had KPIs, you know, mm -hmm. so whether it was sales, customer delivery, customer experience, and here I was doing this very meaningful voluntary work. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and there was no way to evidence the impact and the return on investment for the organization. Mm -hmm. And so I remember having many uh, lengthy coffees with my L&D colleagues when I was in Vodafone saying there has to be a better way for us to do this. And, and in fact, I was on my way to a female founders program um, uh, and, and, and I was kind of interrupted in that in my discussion then with DCU about coming in to lead on their um, as head of diversity and inclusion for the university. So as it happens, then we agreed that uh, we would work together on, on uh, bringing Inclusio to the market. So okay. four years in the making. Um, and, and here we are. Us. We just spun out last week. So, yeah. Great. Well, look, really exciting time. And I, I guess did, did you know, when you looked around, clearly, if you, if you had that feeling that, you know, more data, you know, better insights, you know, would, would help, um, you know, demonstrate the value to the business, perhaps a little more, maybe get better investment. You, you looked around and was there just literally nothing out there that, that could do this properly? No, and, and that's the thing, you know, that there isn't there isn't really anything to measure diversity and inclusion and culture, you know, and, and particularly the people aspect of culture. You know, there's lots of there's different ways to, I suppose, culture is discussed and, and thought about um, when it comes to organizations. But really um, how we describe what we do, it's the people side of the culture. Mm. And, and when I think about diversity and inclusion, and I get asked all the time, you know, what's my definition of it? And when I when I think about diversity, I describe it that, you know, each one of us are individually different. Mm. Um, and when I think about inclusion and inclusive workplaces, um, that's really around environments where everybody can be their authentic selves and, and you know, that they have an opportunity to be themselves, to be valued uh, for the contribution that they bring to the business. 
Um, but from a business perspective, what it does then is enables the organization to get people to kind of row in behind the mission of the organization. Mm. But that's the problem, right? That's also the problem because, you know, um, diverse teams, you know, there's reams of research that shows that diversity in organizations and in particular diverse teams are more innovative, you know, they're more productive. Uh, but the challenge becomes inclusion, right? How do you create that kind of welcoming environment uh, as the organization becomes more diverse? How do you create an environment where you get the best out of each individual? And that's quite complex. So you can understand why it hasn't been solved up to now. It has taken, you know, quite a significant amount of investment and four years within the ecosystem of a university, mm. tapping into the best experts from mm. many different. Um, so, for example, from organizational psychology, from UX, UI design and um, from data analytics, it really has taken the ecosystem of the university to bring this to, um, mm. to the market. And do you think was was that the kind of secret sauce in all this that you were able to draw on like really, really deep expertise in those fields to to make sure that, you know, the the, the vision and mission of the product was embedded in 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 science and, and data? Yeah, and I think I suppose the secret sauce was the idea in my head. Right. So so if I think about my background, you know, so my background is quite unique in that, you know, I was a graphic designer many years ago. I moved from graphic design into tech and into technical engineering. Mm. Um, and in, in parallel to that, then I was studying psychology involved in, you know, diversity and inclusion um, and then into higher education and building a, a strategy and, and taking an organization along a transformational journey. So. I think for me, it's, you know, I was able to put all those pieces together. Um, but within the university, what's been absolutely phenomenal uh, is has been able to tap into that expertise. Mm. Um, because, you know, I suppose when I think about the idea that I had before I came into the university, uh, it's, it wasn't as deep as, as, as what we've actually uh, managed to create. So, mm. um, so it's been a combination of both, I would say, the vision um, and, and I have to say, it's been an absolutely phenomenal journey for me as an entrepreneur, um, having something that's in my head and actually seeing it physically working now, mm. you know, that's that's um, that's a very unique uh, oh, a journey, Ma I would have to say. Yeah, massively rewarding. So do you think some, one of the challenges that businesses face is that there's no cookie cutter approach to this, right? It's It's very unique to... Like the principles, the underlying principles, of course, remain the same, but it's different for each business, how, how they might go about that. Do you think that the platform gives a, a, a kind of a, a baseline, you know, um, tool and, and an engagement platform to be able to find your own way through what's right for your business? Or, any thoughts on that? Yeah, and, and I think like a lot of the work, I would do a lot of work and have done over the years with many different organizations around DNI. you know, and they can be at various stages. They could be advanced. They could be, you know, just starting off. And one of the things I always say to companies is, you know, that you can't pick a, a, a pick a DNI strategy off a shelf and think it's going to apply because you can't, right? We're talking we're talking about people, we're talking about human beings, right? And back to that point about everyone being individually different, you know. So really, for for diversity and inclusion to be something that's sustainable and integrated and mainstreamed across the organization, really, what you need is a a, a plan that is within the context of your organization. So it takes into consideration everything from the structures, from, um, you, you know, the, so in, from an environmental perspective, uh, you know, are you distributed workforce, are you all in the same location? And, um, you know, what are the demographics of the workforce? 
you know, what's the core mission and the values, all of those things have to be baked in uh, when it comes to diversity and inclusion. And what we do and what Inclusio does is something that's different, right? So what we do, it's through the collective voice of the people in the organization. Mm -hmm. And we do that in a safe and secure way, right? Because before we did any, any work on, on Inclusio, we spent two years in, in the research side of things, getting a sense of, you know, what were the barriers to culture, diversity and inclusion in organizations? And, and from, from the people on the ground, what did they say in the barriers? And, and some of the feedback we got is that, you know, people don't feel comfortable disclosing personal things about themselves to their employers, you mm. know, for fear of, well, you know, is that going to have a negative impact on my career, particularly if, um, you, you know, they're in the minority. So mm. that's quite an interesting thing. So that kind of got us thinking about, right, there has to be another way to do this. So we, you know, it, we have very deliberately created Inclusio as a third party system that sits outside the organization. And it is the collective voice and the continuous collective uh, voice of the people that drive the culture. Mm. So, for example, when it comes to the data collection, you build your profile. That's yours. It's personal. But that is combined with others and then presented to the organization. So you're not exposed in any way. Mm. When I think about culture contribution, so the individuals get an opportunity to contribute to the culture, to signpost to the organization what it is they would like to see changed or what it mm. is they would like to be better. And, and the AI engine learns about the individual within the context of their team to drive the manager development and mm. to help the manager build their capacity um, to be a better leader for the team. And that's really important. And, you know, it is the kind of 360 view of the human in work. So mm. the, it, the system learns about the individual. It learns about the individual within the context of their team and, the, and their interaction with their manager and also the individual within the context of the environment. So mm. it seems quite complex, uh, but you know we've combined um, psychology and behavioral science in a, in a, no in a novel way, and mm. that makes it really intuitive and easy to use from an individual mm. perspective. Because I guess that can be a challenge, right? You know, organizations can have an abundance of caring, but there's no action. You know, so so just having a mechanism to to feed that through in in a way that's going to provide you know, really targeted and specific actions and development, you know, outcomes for people. I guess that there's real value in that, right? Yeah, and, and that's essentially what it's about. You know, I suppose we 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 start out, uh, you know, from the premise that organizations want to build workplaces that support people. Mm. We start out from the premise that, you know, individuals genuinely want to contribute to, to the organization being a better workplace mm. and being a better organization. So what we've done is just created a way for, for both to communicate with each other. Mm. And, and, you know, like the first report, so what we do for the organization is we've built um, analytic uh, dashboards. And on the first report, uh, we describe that as kind of your baseline. So mm. that gives the organization insights into, uh, you know, what interventions do we need to make here? So it's not just about inclusio interventions, right? It's about, mm -hmm. but what interventions do they need to make themselves? Um, and I think that that's really important that, you know, and, and us as experts, obviously, within Inclusio as well, to be able to kind of signpost and, and, and give the organization um, some guidance around, well, how do you solve that problem quickly? Mm -hmm. Because a lot, a lot of the, you know, the challenges out there at the moment is, you know, organizations have been trying to do this for years, like engagement is a big, is a yeah. big business and, and certainly has become a big business over the last five years. But, you know, this line and, the, you know, this, you know, checking in once a quarter or checking in, uh, you know, every once a year, mm. it, it just doesn't cut it. 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and how Inclusio is different is it is that continuous, yeah. it's the continuous feedback, the continuous input. Um, so there's a constant, uh, constant shifting and moving and moving mm-hmm. towards that inclusive culture. Kind of brings me on to the next um, consideration. Um, you mentioned your graphic design background. I don't know if that, that featured in this, but it looks like you've paid a lot of attention for, you know, how people will engage with it. It's, I don't you know, not trivialize it by saying gamified to a degree and very engaging. You know, was, was that clearly it was a deliberate um, process there, but what was your thinking behind that? Was it just to, to keep people coming back? Yeah, well, well, for me, and from the outset, and certainly as I brought the team together, um, you know, I, I, we had one mission, and that was to build software that people want to use. You know, mm. that's intuitive, it's easy, yeah. it makes sense. Mm. Um, and you know, I I would like to be able to say that I had the full influence of the design of it, right? But uh, you know, one of the things we did, like we have we have some phenomenal trial partners that have been working with us over the last two years. So, for example, we've engaged with user groups in uh, PayPal, in Sodexo, in AIB, in Alliance. And what we did is as we worked through the different iterations of the software, we went back and tested to get feedback. Um, And Finergo, actually, we've been working with recently as well. And that's been absolutely fantastic because what we're doing is getting feedback from people on the ground Mm -hmm. um, that are saying to us, you know, we'll tweak that there, make that a little better there. And, And... and that has really helped us, I think, build a tool that's really easy and intuitive. Mm. I think one of the things for us that was really important is um, from an accessibility perspective. So two, two aspects of that. One, you know, we're a diversity and inclusion platform. We need to be accessible and make sure that everybody has the opportunity to give to give their input. Mm. Um, but the second piece was from a flexibility perspective. You know, you could be sitting on the bus on your way into work when we can start going getting on the buses again to go into work. Um, you know, you could be uh, sitting down, taking five minutes out to have a coffee and plug your headphones in and have a listen to a, to a mm. podcast or watch a video. Like we wanted it to be like that, that this is something that empowers, that it's something that people get to do, not something they have to do. And that's yeah. not really what we want in Inclusio to mm. be about. So. Gotcha. Um, we, you know, in my dealings with a lot of early stage companies, it's, you know, getting this right and having a plan and, and a strategy is often something that's is kind of left, you know, until the business you know, gets a bit of maturity. So it's never too early to to get this in place. And you know, do you have to be a big organization with lots of money and lots of resources to have practical and measurable, um, you know, mechanisms for for making sure that you're on track? No, and and I suppose maybe it's just the way I go about things. Like for me, you know, what gets measured gets done. I think you have to have a plan. Like I think one of the things I've certainly um, had more of an appreciation of throughout my entrepreneur journey is that, you know, it's one thing having an idea, but it takes a hell of a lot of effort to bring that to to the to make that to actually create something. You know, mm. um, and and I think. You know, maybe a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and I would say even myself in the early days, I thought the idea was the whole thing. Right. And it's not the whole thing Mm. because the idea is nothing until you get the team together, you get the plan laid down. And Mm. you actually it takes a lot of hard yards and a lot of hard work to actually Mm. make it to to create something. And for me um, and certainly for the team, we've just recently gone through um, an EIC application, you know, which is essentially mapping down the 10 year strategy for for inclusio mm-hmm. um and, and I, that was grueling exercise <laughs> over the summer and um, but you know what it was absolutely fantastic for us right mm-hmm. because it, it made us 
you know, move, shift beyond our thinking and take it out into that five years to 10 years. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's helped us then kind of document that kind of innovation strategy, the R&D strategy, the global scale, you know. Mm. So and and it brings it into a reality in a sense, you know, there's, there's certainty you know the track you're on. We know what direction we're going in. And we mm. have the whole team behind that, you know? Mm. So so I would say, you know, I, I, I just, I'm in, kind of interrupting myself in my head at the same time, right? Because the business plan, you know, like every time I think I have a business plan written, I, mm. I'm, re, I'm redoing it, right? There's another bit, there's another bit going in, mm. you know? So, so, uh, you know, you have to have your base set of documents, I would say, right? Your yeah. base documents that you can pull together um, no matter who you're speaking to. So is, mm. if it's an investor, you're able to pull your documents together. You know, if it's, um, you know, doing something like this that you're able to, you know, pull it together. Mm. I don't think you, you have to have a plan, I suppose. Short, mm. lo, short answer, you absolutely have to have a plan. Does it have to be in the format of a business plan? Not necessarily, but you mm. absolutely have to have your plan documented. But, get, but getting that, <clears throat> excuse me, getting that right from the start as you build out your culture is a lot easier than, you know, having a culture then that you need to revisit and, and, and perhaps adapt, would you say? Yeah, and I, and I think, um, like I was interviewed uh, on, on the stage at Sastock actually last year, right? And uh, um, I, I can't remember now, he was a, a, a US entrepreneur, multi-millionaire, you know. He was talking about how difficult it was to find women. You just can't find women in tech, you know. And I just said, absolutely no way. Yeah. I said, you have to change where you look. Mm. You know, and and I don't think that there's any excuse, right? I don't think there's any excuse for for um for companies to say that you know diversity comes a little bit further down the line, right? Because all the research, there is reams of research out there that shows that diversity is the multiplier for innovation, it's the multiplier for sustainability, you know, and it's not something that you attend to further down the line. So what I would say, um is change where you look, mm. you know? Mm. So if you're used to going, like what I did to build my team, um, and I have te- I have people from all over the world, and I, I have a gender balanced team, and I'm mm. 100% committed to that. We need that. We need yeah, that type of committed. innovation. Yeah. yeah but what I did was, um, like I went to events, like mentoring events in the evening, where I'd go and I'd be a mentor, and I was meeting uh, women in tech. I was, that's who yeah. I was meeting. You know, and, and in some cases, they were women who had huge amount of skills, right? Mm. And were on different kind of visa categories um, and maybe were doing different jobs and had left tech, really good tech jobs in other countries, just mm. looking for an opportunity here. Mm. And that was that was phenomenal for me because it allowed me then to build and, and bring together the team of experts that I have yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely hard work. You can't be passive in terms of your strategy, but it, it, it absolutely can be done. And then kind of, I know this year has been a challenging year for a lot of, of um, established programs or people looking to get things going, just, you know, challenges around investment from the bill, from the business, perhaps. Um, so although things have stepped back, do you think that with changes in how we work and, and you know, uh, the flexibility that now might be available, will that have an impact to, you know, perhaps go some way to addressing that balance? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I think... Um... Like, you know, there's a couple of things I suppose COVID has kind of brought to our door, right? One mm. is the kind of blending between our lives and work. Mm. And, you know, the, before we used to have a challenge around how do we balance um, 
our whole life and our work life right mm. and then and now what's happened with covid is they've become one you know mm. where you're you could be on on a video and you have your dog barking or the doorbell going mm. or the or your kids coming in you know so and we're starting to see that so in one way is it's actually I, I certainly think it's quite a positive thing, right? Because it's brought more of a human side to us, you yeah, know? And, and everyone is, everyone, male, female, doesn't matter who you are, you're, everyone is is dealing with the same kind of level of challenges now. Mm. So it's been a bit of a leveler, I think, from that perspective. I think the challenge is going to be uh, when we start getting back to the workplace. Mm. You know, what are employers going to do? Because, like, we're never going to return to the way it was mm. because some companies have had to downsize Mm. Um, we're, we're probably going to be social distancing for quite a while. So which mm. means, you know, that freedom that we might have had of walking around the office, you know, we might be on A and B teams and different kind of schedules. Mm-hmm. So so we're, I don't think we're going to go back. But I do certainly think there's a real opportunity here for companies now um, to, to create a workplace where people want to work that supports yeah. us through every aspect of our lives. Mm. Like one of the things I would say in, in when I'm doing my uh, D&I talks, you know, we are working in organizational structures that were designed in the 1950s, yeah. right? Where yeah. the woman stayed yeah. at home and the man went to work and it was nine to five and everybody yeah. travels at the same time. You, you know, yeah. like yeah. we need to start shifting away from that. And, and this, I see COVID and the get back, getting back into the workplace after COVID is a real opportunity. Yeah. I'm a pragmatic optimist by nature. So I'm on, I'm on the same page as you with that one. Hopefully it will. Very good. But Sandra, it's been really interesting. I guess just if, if, People are looking for, you know, a platform like yours and, you know, what, what's the profile of customer? How would people go about reaching out to you and exploring, you know, getting involved with them, um, with the platform? Sure. Well, I would say, look, we're on LinkedIn. Get in touch. Uh, our website, so www.inclusio.io, you'll find all our profiles are there and you can you can get in touch with us there as well. Um, it's an enterprise user license or, you know, our and uh, the organizations that we're working with at the moment are we some public sector organizations. We also have kind of large corporates. Um, we have some financial services organizations. Um, but look, what I would say is, you know, we describe ourselves as a social enterprise, right? Mm-hmm. We, our plan is to always be grounded in academic science. Our, ideally, what we'd like to be able to do is get to the point of where, um, you know, we can start onboarding SMEs and, and startups. That's really mm. where we want to get to. So yeah. what I would say, we're only at the beginning of our journey. So what I would say is get in touch, follow us, you know, and we'll be in a very different place this time next year. And we'd, we'd love to have you as part of the journey. So, yeah, get Brilliant. in touch. Well, look, very best of luck with it all. It's a really exciting time just seeing the, that first step out on your own. So, look, we're all uh, behind you and, and best of luck with it. Thanks very much, Sandra. Great. Thanks, David. Thanks again, Sandra. And as always, um, folks, if you want to keep track on our content or virtual meetups, you can join our meetup group on meetup.com, Dublin Tech Talks, or you can follow us on our LinkedIn page. So we will see you again uh, shortly with, um, with more insights. Thanks.